Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Oh, well, hello there. What brings you here? Dave. And with a flute up his nose, Dave. <laughs> and Tori. Hello, Internet. All right, that's it. That's all I can do today. I'm out. So, guys. All right, oh, fine. Craig, quick. Craig, Craig, do a good thing. All right. Um, so I was talking about this earlier, and I, I do want to mention it for my good thing. So my daughter has some books. As as you do, you get books for your kids. Um, she's a bit older than one now. She just turned one last month. And there's this little picture book, a little handheld picture book. There's a bunch of animals in it. And it's like her favorite. She sometimes I'll see her sitting there and she'll just be looking through it. But what she really likes to do is bring it to either me or my wife to read it to her. So she just brings it up to us and then we're supposed to read it. And if we don't do it right away, she goes, eh. That's the sound she makes. She wants something. So we got to read her the little picture book. Uh, she doesn't like when it ends. It's bad news when a book ends. But otherwise, she's pretty happy when, when I'm reading it to her. There's, there's a couple of books that she does it with. But that picture book is her favorite by far, which is pretty silly. I um, love that book that's called... It's Animals I See, which is just animals you can see outside like squirrels, ducks, birds, fish, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's nonfiction. Yes, it is nonfiction. That sounds there, there like she would enjoy. There is a Cookie Monster book, too, that sometimes she wants us to read to her. So that that is a fiction. Or that, wait, Cookie Monster could be real, so maybe it's nonfiction. That sounds like she would probably enjoy Where's My Cow. Yes! I don't know that one. Oh my goodness. We have Llama Llama Red Pajama. She, she gets that uh, sometimes at night. Tori, take it away. Explain Where's My Cow. So it's a Discworld book. But it's a picture book. See, in one of the Discworld novels, uh, a, a character has a child that this is the book that he wants read to him. Like every night, he always picks the same book. And they refer to this picture book so many times over the course of the novel that Terry Pratchett just straight up wrote the book. And so it's nice. available as a picture book. And you have to make the animal noises. And <laughs> it's like, where's my cow is that my cow nope it says quack it's a duck <laughs> and wait i yeah, think i've a, seen something like that before i, I mean there probably are have seen plenty it of, yeah there are plenty of other books that are along those lines yeah um it like it's not unique but just the the part where it was a discworld book first <laughs> right anyway my good thing is my daughter wants that's good that is good that is good soon guys soon dune and maybe in about 10 to 15 years, we'll have a new alpha uh, newbie reader. I also yeah. thought he said Dune. He was like, I'm reading uh -huh. Dune to my baby. <laughs> no, no. Gotta get that spice. All right, Dave. Tag, you're it. My good thing this week is a video game called Metroid Dread for Nintendo Switch. Started playing it yesterday. Metroid? Is that the girl? No, that's the dude what can't crawl. Why Metroid no crawl? So Metroid Dread, for those of you who are familiar with the series, I would say it's kind of the child of Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. 
It has a lot of horror elements and chase sequences like Metroid Fusion. Although Zero Mission had a little bit of that too. Uh, but the kind of like the progression and exploration side of it is, I wouldn't say it's quite Super Metroid level where it's just like, all right, go here, then here, then here, then figure it out, stupid. Uh, it's it's a little more directed than that. Um, kind of like Metroid Zero Mission, where it's just like, okay, you're, this is where your next objective is, figure out how to get there. So it's not as heavy-handed of railroading as Metroid Fusion, where it's just like, go to this room, then this room, then this room. It's like, get to this area, however you can figure out how to get there. I mean, you know, it is typically one route that the game wants you to take even in super metroid there was kind of an intended path that you were supposed to take um i will say i was a little disappointed that i picked up a power bomb pack that i knew i wasn't supposed to pick up and the game didn't let me have it but i probably would have just gotten even more lost if they had let me sequence break that item so eh. but yeah no. it's a lot of fun um it's exactly what we you want out of a 2d metroid game it looks like it's built under a similar engine, if not the same engine as what was used for the new, the more recent Samus Returns game that they have for 3DS. Um, it has, it looks like there's similar controls, although there might be a little bit more, you know, because it's on the Switch. Yeah, so they put more a little buttons. Bit more yeah. more well, you got more uh, buttons. Well, you got an improvement of graphics, but the con- control stick to move, and you can press um, L to stand in place and aim your gun and you know it's it's kind of i'm just gonna grape on this i don't know why game developers feel like the bumper button is the natural shoulder button for me the trigger button is far more comfortable and i don't understand why game developers don't let me change my controls like the like the right trigger or zr if if you're a switch user and it's a switch game that's that button's not even used for anything like yeah, they they need to include button mapping more, but you especially you Nintendo. Like Nintendo mappings. is. I will say you like things mapped weirdly, but the point is, developers need to let people map their own buttons. Just let them do whatever the heck they want. Have a default yeah. scheme. That's why we play PC games. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Because even if a game doesn't let you configure your controls, you have external software like Joytiki that lets you, you know. So it, okay, it's well, Texas, Texas Blade's a little farther in the game than I am. So, you know, it, it wasn't on the control screen. So maybe it's used later. I don't know. It uh, it does not look at all. pretty good. It's It's been a while since we had an, a new 2D Metroid. Even Samus Returns is just a... It's supposed right. to be a remake. It is pretty fresh. Like, it, it does things very different than Samus 2. Um, the Return of Samus, <laughs> Samus but, 2, the Empire Strikes Samus. <laughs> But uh, like they they did mix it up quite a bit. Um, but yeah, here we are. We finally have a new two D two D Metro, and I think are we going to get a new Prime game soon? Like they they they're bringing that back because well, they announced Prime Four at G Four a few years ago, so I'm sure they're cooking something up. Yeah, that's well, good. Since they announced it a few years ago, we're only like decade and a half away from it on the outside. True. Yeah, since they went into the other foray of three D. Samus or Metroid games. It's it's good that they're going back to what worked. Uh, dude, all right, so dude, it's still good. The original Prime. Okay, sorry. My good thing this week is Metroid Prime or not Metroid Prime. Uh, Metroid Dread. Metroid Prime is also good. Fun Whoa! Games. Did you guys plan this? No. Um, Mike did. I'm 
I've been very excited about this game for a while. Uh, no plans to buy or play it. Like, Metroid games are hard, and I'm bad at them. Uh, but I've been enjoying several streamers that I watch playing through the game. Uh, especially this one guy named Cross Product, who put in like a good 10-hour stream yesterday, and it was excellent. Yeah, that guy. So Dave helpfully posted a link to Cross Product's Twitch stream in our spoiler-free episode discussion channel to fill and in, if you <laughs> to fill in the folks at home who aren't listening live. If you watch Cross Product, he might sound kind of familiar. Yeah. Is uh, it Hoyt? Jeff Bridges. Yep. Jeff Bridges. David Tennant. Jeff Bridges. Uh, yeah. So Metroid Dread. Uh, been watching people play it. Looks like a lot of fun. No plans to play it myself. I'll probably like in like five years. I'll get my hands on a copy or something. I don't know. I can't wait till the randomizer comes out. I like seeing the begin like the first whatever hours of the game. I don't see how this game could be randomized. Well, they okay. did it with fusion. You think that, but they find ways. The fact that they can randomize role playing games just they're already randomized. You just roll a d twenty. It will no, not that kind of role playing game. I'm talking oh, about you like mean like Final Fantasy. FF four is a really, uh, really ingenious randomizer, actually. Right, it's like they do a really good job at making things interesting. So yeah, give it time. Randomizer will come. I'm sure it will, but yeah, I just from what I've seen of the game, I don't see a way for them to do it. But I also don't make randomizers. So all right, uh, Tori, what's your good thing this week? My good thing is a fluffy, cozy romance novel. Uh, it's called The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. It just came out last month. Um, I got a free advanced copy, uh, so I read it, and uh, and it was so good. It was it was cute, and the characters were believable and likable and uh, not stupid. Like they did some stupid things, but in a very believable way. Like like you know exactly how the characters ended up in this situation. Uh, it's very full of tropes. The author, like, is aware of tropes. So the entire basis of the book was fake relationship. And it was adorable. It was so adorable. Um, several of my librarian friends also got free copies. So we, we kind of had a little impromptu book club um, where we all discussed how good it was. And, like, everybody I've spoken to who read the book, like, unanimously agrees that this was a good book. And I enjoyed it. And also, it was fluffy. And I needed that right now because I've been a little stressed lately. It was fun. So if you need a fluffy um, read that's not going to require too much of your attention and is uh, lacking in in um, sadness and drama and has a happy ending, uh, The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. The book's literally fluffy? Like they lined it with fur or something? No, not literally. Ah. Uh. Missed opportunity. Dang. I know, right? I would be all over. You know, at the library, I do have a version of uh, an edition of Banicula that is uh, velvet bound. And and every time I have to shelve that book, I'm like, let me just pet the bunny for a minute. Like, yeah, velvet cover on that one. We need more books with velvet covers. All right. Uh, so, Dave. It me. Uh, you read even more chapter week, right? This Probably. week... We're doing chapters 14 through 16 of The Bands of Mourning by Brandon Sablerfills. Chapter 14. The set got here first. Dynamite emoji. Can't forget the hat. Next scene. 
Wax didn't know. What about Sister? What the heck is this? Say, Wax didn't know what about. I think it's referring to the fact that Wax didn't know his sister very well, you know, growing up with her and whatever. He's like, oh, I wish I knew her better. Haven't seen her in 16 years. Can't wait to rescue my favorite sister that I know everything about. Okay, read read your notes, like verbatim. Wax didn't know what about sister is. Hey, yes. thank you all for tuning in to this week of Dave Tries to Interpret His Bullet Points. I think I was falling asleep during that one. The world needed that. That's true. <laughs> you didn't hear me laughing because I was muted, but I, I was laughing quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Ah, the old handgun under the dress trick. Why didn't I write any notes for this scene? (laughs) Oh, no. This was a late night read, I think. Uh, Sleepy Sleepy Dave's (laughs) notes are wonderful. Um, You guys ever see this TV show called Get Smart? Yeah. Yes. That's what I was trying to reference and imitate. With the old handgun under the, the old handgun under the dress trick. Sorry about that, Chief. All right, Chapter Fourteen takes place in a graveyard with dynamite, and you can't forget the hat. So Wayne and Marasi were under fire when we left them last week at Chapter under Chapter Thirteen, and now they're under dynamite. But they they're all right. They get out. Wayne only got shot four times. I don't know, but he does say that he's metal. He does have to refill his metal mines. He's starting to run low. I mean, being shot four times will do that to you. It depends where you get shot. And as we all know, shooting Wayne is completely appropriate in all situations. Especially if you are Renette. Or Wax. Or Or Steris. Or this group of set people. Well, especially, especially if you're in the set. Do you guys ever stop to think? The set, there's the set, and Uncle Ladrian is most likely descended from set. Ashweather set. And Yeah, I'm, so I was trying to think. So he's, Wax is descended from Ashweather set. Uh, his uncle may or may not be, depending whether he is the, uh, the Ladrian's brother, like dad, Daddy Ladrian's brother or the mom's brother. I'm not sure. Do we, do we uh, learn... Uh, with sure. last name. Well, given the fact that the uncle's last name is also Ladrian, is he, it Ladrian? Okay. descended from Alarine Ash- and Alarine. He, he was running the house before. Yeah. Before he, Wax took. Wax is the splinter. Uh, Edwarn is. Whoa, 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 don't be going all Cosmere one hundred and one on me. Just tell Not me that kind you... of splinter, as in family. Like splinter families, the Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Oh, that makes sense. That's yeah, why so, Wax. That's why Wax doesn't like being social because he never came out of his shell. Ed- Edward is descended from Ashweather Set. Say his name again. Ashweather Set. No, the uncle's name. Edward. Okay, I thought you said Ender. Nope, Edward. And Craig is pronouncing it correctly, to the best of my knowledge. I I think he threw an extra N in there a moment ago. He said Edward. No, I've been saying Edward. Is he a third? They're having me say Edward. Oh, I'm getting my getting my Mormon science fiction authors mixed up again. All right. Uh, there's this. There is. And then Steris had a gun with like a million rolls of duct tape (laughs) attaching it to her leg. And then finally, I didn't write any. There's another scene. I didn't write any notes for it. 
I think it had. I think it went back to Wayne and Marassi, and he found like he found the. Oh, right, he found like the uh, the letter or something that was like in a really obvious hidden compartment in a drawer. But then he spends like an extra hour looking for the booze, which was quite well hidden uh, because. You know, Deschamps, he's, yeah, he's got his priorities straight. He knows what's important to hide. I remember that without any notes. Well, the the book will just get him in trouble with the law. If he doesn't hide his booze, the other people he works with will steal and drink his booze. And, like, if the law is already searching that hard for, for the paperwork, he's already screwed, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have as good an investigator as Wayne, he's also going to find the booze anyway, so obviously he's going to find the, the papers. Right, but he wasn't hiding the booze from Wayne, he was hiding the booze from the other gravediggers. Right. He wasn't hiding the paperwork from the other gravediggers, he was hiding the paperwork from a casual look-through if someone who cared happened to come Yeah, it's, it's like the, the investigators have a plus 20 on search, so why waste your, like... 30 DC hiding spot on them because they're going to find anything anyway. Then, exactly. like, the workers have a plus five search. So, whatever you're hiding from the the weaker searchers, that you use your 30 DC hiding spot. And your 10 DC hiding spot, you know, can be for the anybody. He's prepared for them to find evidence of his illicit crimes. He's not prepared for that to happen while he's sober. Mm. Next chapter. All right. Chapter 15. Templeton's Frozen Flames. Realer isn't Marsh. Oh, yeah, this is the one where... Oh, yeah, Templeton is the guy whom they found based on Deschamps' book or whatever. And Wayne dresses himself up like death and spooks in the window. And he's like, you stole my spike. And I'm like, Realer, wait a minute. Spook's not in the window. Realer. Well, it ain't, I mean, what's, they didn't steal Marsh's spike. They stole Reeler's spike, but Reeler isn't the Marsh. The guy doesn't know that. But why did Marsh come to the window to knock on him then? Because all spikes belong to death. Cut out the part where I accidentally remembered that it was Wayne. And so that I can, so that this gag will actually work in post. And Mike will do none of them. <laughs> I might, I don't know, depends on how dedicated to comedy I am, or how much funnier I think leaving all of this in where we talk about it will be. Well, that option's worth two points. So. I'm actually leaning toward that, because this is, this is going to be really funny on a re-listen. Yeah. You're welcome, listeners. We're only thinking of you. Or you can make it a Patreon level where they get to hear the part where I messed up the gag. No, no. No, no. All right, anyway, next so... Dulcing. So death pops up in the window. Whoever it might, you know, death. Mar Marsh is like back here to get Reeler Spike, but he claims that it's his Spike. Is Marsh allowed to lie? Yes. Okay. Oh, he is Harmony's ruin after a fashion. All right. Uh, next scene, Dulcing. Oh, so they get some extra info out of him, like where the next hiding spot is or whatever for the set. He's like, oh, they put took the Spike on the. Oh, Dulcing is the name of the place. I was like, who's Dulcing? Oh, they took the spike to Dulcing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Iron Eyes. I'll never steal your spike again. All right. Uh, let's move on. I think we get the gist. Wayne spooked up on him. All right. Edwarn time. The diversions? What diversions? You mean those diversions that I totally said were the setup? 
Is Edward on like a phone or something? Wax is right here. Ta-da! Wait, if they didn't invent the radio, then who invented the radio? Is this some sort of Chekhov's uninvented radio? Uh, you have it. Wax is wandering around the halls, and he finds... I'm not going to scroll up and find her name. I don't care anymore. Uh, I bet that we don't even hear from her after this week anyway. Just a hunch. Um, and he hear basically... Uncle Ladrian is on a radio. When Ke- Har- Harmony Kelsina, yeah, Har- Harmony specifically said they hadn't invented a radio, and here they are with a radio. <sighs> they also have foreign god medals. So, like, what's going on? Someone is definitely breaking the Prime Directive on this planet. Uh, I actually have real things to say about. It. Do you want it now or later? If it's appropriate now, say it now. So keep in mind that. Harm says Ed slash Harmony, he doesn't know everything. And there's a lot of things that are hidden from his view, especially things that are tied to the set. There's a lot that he doesn't know about what they're up to, what they're doing, that sort of thing. Um, there are there are hints that they, they figured it out. Um, but there's a lot I feel like that says isn't aware of because he doesn't have anyone there to, to view it, any agents or, or anything. So Sounds like he ought to get himself some more inquisitors. The, the fact that they come up with the radio just means that they developed it themselves. It could be a new technology that, that they just started making in the past year or two. Um, so, yeah, at the time, you guys haven't invented radio yet. Radio itself is a means of mass communication. This is just a two-way. This is more of a telephone than a radio. Which was invented first on our planet. Yes. So This this is more no, of that a was, telephone. That was a, a question. Which of... That uh, I was... Well, Telegraph came first, right? <laughs> but that was just bleeps and bloops. Bleeps and bloops, and then yeah, man, like, sure like, the telephone was older than the like, radio. It was one bit. I'll look it up. One bit music. Uh, so, in terms of the order things were invented, I don't have radio in front of me, but I do have fax or first telegraphs, then fax machines, then telephones. In that or telegraphs are telegraphs are the beep 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 guys, yeah. right? Okay. Okay, so I'm reading about radio, and it came about in the late 19th century. Uh, In particular, in 1900, the Canadian inventor... Well, okay, hold on. I'm not going to say his first name. Marconi developed the first apparatus for long-distance radio communication in 1890. Okay, then telephone was before radio. I've got 1876 for the telephone. I, I knew that telephone was like before light bulb, wasn't it? I think so. But it's not, I, like, obviously not one for one. Hey, I have a question, though. So what do you think, what sound do you think a telephone would make on schedule? Because they wouldn't have it ring like a bell because they don't have Alexander Graham Bell inventing them. That's not why it rings like a bell. <laughs> How do you know? know? <laughs> I mean, what it's probably the, the Nokia ringtone. All worlds everywhere come up with the Nokia ring at some point in their history. That one. That's what my Nokia phone sang. I don't know if I ever owned a Nokia phone. They're the ones that made the taco phone, right? The one that Jean-Luc Picard named? Maybe. I was thinking of, like, the brick phone. The Zach Morris phone? Yeah, I don't know what that is. His cell phone, man. That's so, a meme yeah. where he doesn't he pull out a giant brick with, with the <laughs> antenna. I mean, he had it in the show. 
It was just like cool that he had a cell phone. Like it was just so rare in like 1990. Like, whoa, you have a phone that you can bring with you to school? Wow, that's so rad. Dooby dooby dooby. All right. Uh, so yeah, um, I've already forgotten that uh, noble woman's name again. Oh. Okay, yo, looking good things, Mike. I posted a picture of the brick. Okay, not that. It's the thing I posted. Well, yeah, that's the classic Nokia, which, by the way, was also my first phone, mobile phone. Oh, I did have one of those. That was the free one. I got the college, and they had some, AT&T was, like, having people sign up to get a phone, and I'm like, you know what? I can afford having a cell phone. It was only, like, what, like, 10 bucks a month or something cheap? Maybe it was 40 bucks a month, I don't know. But uh, I'm like, sure, I'll get a, I'll get a phone. And I, <laughs> 10, I like, 40, oh. you know. $10 and $40 is a pretty big difference for a college remember. student. remember. All I know is it was cheap, <laughs> and I could afford it on my grocery store salary, so I did it. If as long as I eat 20 packs of ramen a week, I can afford this phone. All right. Craig has a time limit. All right. Craig, uh, stop so, derailing us. Yeah, they pop in. Wax pops Sorry, in on the, on the phone call. Uh, next chapter. Chapter the final 16. Ooh, we got a lot of notes for this okay. one. In Wax's defense, she was on speakerphone, which is rude. Wait, we, Maybe we that's all they had back then. You missed the part, Dave. I like the part where Wayne asks Marasi how death actually sounds. Because he wants to get the, you know, he wants to get the sound and the accent. I right. wrote that. That was in my notes. That was all comprised in the, in the bullet point dulcing. That, that, in, oh. that includes that whole conversation. <laughs> okay, sure. But yes, uh, <laughs> this apparently is not the first time Wayne has imitated old Iron Eyes, and he doesn't plan for it to be the last, so he'd like to have an accurate voice, so he asked Marasi, how do we sound? Wayne steals all voices and accents. That That is the only thing he's allowed to steal, and he does it well. Yeah, he doesn't steal anything else. He trades for everything else. He steals accents, but he yep. trades for booze. Chapter 16. Chapter 16. Telegraph for voices. And I don't know. They have a telegraph on this planet, even though... Who invented it? They don't have Alexander Graham Telegraph to invent it. How did it get the name? Feel bad for the inventor of the telegraph. Just... That's also Alexander Graham... Oh, no, it's Morse. It's Samuel Morse. I'm a freaking idiot. Alexander Graham Morse. Got it. (laughs) Alexander Graham Morse. Uh, So what do they name Morse code? If there's... Samuel Morse. They didn't Alexander name Graham anything. Code. Alexander, obviously. Alexander Graham Code. <laughs> yo, yo, you remember in Terranigma, if you haven't played that, they have the inventor. Like, it has sort of, like, the history of the Earth. And you can meet some of the classic inventors and talk to them. And I think one of them is Alexander Graham Bell. And you chat with him and he develops things over time. That's what this reminds me of. You're like... In this in this world, Scadrial, Alexander Graham Bell developed the telegraph, so therefore they call it the Bell Code. And then Samuel <laughs> Morse came up with the telephone, so therefore it rings like a moose. Now like, we're playing knows? Mario in time. Actually, this for some reason this reminds me of Star Tropics Two, where you travel back in time and see famous historical figures, and you deliver a pizza to Cleopatra. They have a telephone that calls people throughout history like bill and ted all right chapter 16 telegraph uh steward smash wax accidentally killed kelasina by making the steward kill kelasina uh this lady in the hallways got it mixed up i think uh milan has a deep bass voice like the singing bass on the the one that's got on the commercials uh milan terminators the steward's fist 
Get, like the metal face under the skin. Made of a other stuff. Not yeah. Wolverines. I feel like this is more of a Wolverine than a Terminator, but I think they both work. Isn't like Terminator get shot in the head and he's a metal skull? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Other stuff happens. Steris did very well tonight. Yay! Wax has a crush on Steris. How can Wayne read? The gang meet up and pack. Can Harmony suffer from secondhand smoke? Does this mean war? Does Wax need to return to Elendel? There's always another secret. I mean perspective. Somebody else is moving Wax, but does he want it to be Suit or Harmony? Wax is going to need a bigger cigar. <laughs> yeah. So Mike has posted the appropriate gif in our spoiler-free um, channel. And I will point out, guys, if you're listening and you haven't joined our Discord yet, hey, stop on by. Come visit us. Join us. We have lots of fun conversations and memes and whatever the heck else. Uh, and you can get to us through the... um uh shoot mike save me patreon.com slash cosmerecast c-o-s-m-e-r-e-c-a-s-t there you go guys come join us and i have to imagine that if you're not listening live uh following this channel is extremely but still fun yes uh, but if you're in the Discord, you get notifications for when we record live so that you can actually be here and understand them as they're posted. So, regarding your bullet points, Dave. I did them. Uh, Wax has a crush on Steris? I have a crush on Steris. That's not allowed. He's engaged. I wonder what his fiance thinks of that. Probably, probably doesn't know. out a little. <laughs> she didn't notice. Actually, Marasi, I mean, Steris has, like, a good understanding of social cues she's just you know we've we've discussed how she knows them very well from a theoretical standpoint so maybe she does notice that i mean oh wait eh, they do kiss that's he probably a giveaway oh <laughs> yeah that he, that i think is a pretty strong social cue. he put his lips on me it was weird and gross and i didn't notice for a while and then it got <laughs> awkward and then she consulted her notes and realized what it meant. All right, so what actually happened? They kiss while he's flying her. Through the, the while they're falling. He he decides that... to stop keeping them suspended in the air so that he can kiss his fiance instead as they like, plummet to their doom. That is prime Steris fantasy right there. You, you know, you know she's been waiting for that kind of moment. And here it is, like, guarantee she knows exactly what... This means war. This means war. <laughs> what was the question? Am I in trouble? What happens in this chapter? Wax and Steris kiss. Oh. Uh, they, oh, yeah, that's right. There's something really important that happened. Wax gets framed for murdering Kelsina. There's also a, a pretty standout note that Kelsina apparently had gold mines on her. And, you know, Wax uh, turns to Milan and he says, Milan, is it? Was Kelsina? Did she have terrorist blood in her? And Milan's like, oh. And my guess is going to be no, that she does not have terrorist blood in her, uh, but that she uh, acquired her verukami via hemolurgy or perhaps even some other means that we have yet to discover. Suspicious. And then, you know, Edwarn is obviously trying to lead Wax back to Elendel. You know, get him on the run so that he can clear his name and make sure that he's not pinned for the murder of Kelsina. 
But, uh, you know, Milan points out to him, you know, you, you do have an option. You look, look at all the perspectives. And Wax is like, well, I either got to do what Harms wants me to do, or rather, I either need to do what Uncle Ladrian wants me to do and go to Ellendale, or do what Harmony wants me to do and follow a lead on Reeler's Spike. And they end up going to uh, Dulcing to follow the lead on Reeler's Spike. And Wax, uh, Wax is holding the earring that uh, accountant, uh, the accountant <laughs> Contra. Um, I forget his name. The anyway, he's got a hemallergic earring, and he considers putting it on, but he doesn't want to talk to Harmony. He still feels betrayed. But uh, nonetheless, they are going to Dulcing, and that is the end of part. And we'll wait, start wait. next part next week. You have to mention my favorite part. The broadsheet, of course. Mike wanted to talk about the broadsheet. Oh, when Starris uh. yells out to the inn owner about how this was in the, the packet. Oh, yeah. Disasters. <laughs> that was pretty great. Like, the, I did <laughs> the second half of my favorite scene. Yeah. Like, Wax gets framed for murder. Weren't you reading something? So between chapters 14 and 15, we did have a broadsheet, and Mike said that he wanted to discuss that a little bit. Yep. Uh, one chunk of it in in specific. Dave, I bet you can guess. Was it the ghastly gondola? Nope. Does your metal tool speak to you? Yep. Do your metal tool speak to you? Hello, and welcome to the Hammer Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Ballpeen. Joining me this week are Hooknose. There's uh, one metal object that you should know of in particular that definitely speaks to people. Nightblood doesn't speak. He communicates telepathically. Yeah. Your neighbors probably don't want you to hear don't want to hear about it, but we do. Visit twenty seven Raylan Place. Ask for K or N. Wait a minute. I know who K and N are. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Bring the talking metal with you. Oh, I didn't actually notice that. I did notice this other one, um, the workshop on how to write scientific fantasies. And uh it's a workshop put on by teacher and author B Sabler Sablerfills. And I'm sure the B stands for Brandon. No, because the names in this world are regular names with one letter change. So it's <laughs> Bandon, Brabden, Brabden, Blandon. I like. That. Oh, maybe the B is changed, dude. That would be the ultimate ruse. Maybe it's actually Grandin, but it starts it's with Grand... a B. Well, no, Grandin with a B. Yeah, think about it. Maybe it's Blandon. Why well, would you take writing lessons from a guy named Blandon? Maybe that's that's why he goes by B. Yeah, that's true. No, that's so that he doesn't have to pay for extra lines in the broadsheet. <laughs> no, it's because it's a lady that wants to pass as a male author. That was a thing that people used to do. Oh yeah, like uh, like that book Benjamin Franklin wrote, Uncle Tom's Band by the, the Grateful Dead. But uh, poor... yeah, I do exactly. What was I, I going? Out that uh, yeah. poor Richard's Almanac. But poor, was that was Poor Richard's Almanac written by a woman? No, no. Oh, but okay, it was written by Ben written Franklin. By ben Franklin, right? The but Hardy Boys, he... the Hardy Boys books were written by a female author. Cool. Who... Scientific fantasy yeah. is also a nod to Jules Verne, who's a, a very prolific author that we got a lot oh, of our Jules Verne. Stories. Yeah, Doc Brown's favorite author. Uh huh. And Lady Doc Brown. And Lady Doc Brown. Why wasn't Doc Brown's favorite author H.G. Wells? That's a good question. Well, 
Well, H.G. Wells is derivative of Jules Verne, I think. Okay, but H.G. Wells wrote, wait for it, The Time Machine. I can't wait for it. I'm going to travel through time so so that I can hear it sooner. H.G. Wells started writing in 1895. Keep in mind, when he goes back into 1885, this is before The Time Machine was written. Why didn't he just go back to 1895 instead so that it could be divisible by 100 years from their parent time? The flux capacitor was freaking out and it just picked some number that was... The flux capacitor... Okay, hold on a second. The flux (laughs) capacitor doesn't pick a number. Time out. Time out. Be very careful how you pronounce things when we're talking about this. Continue. The little triangle swirly thingy that Doc Brown invented because he had a vision when he was hanging a clock on the wall and banged his head. That thing was what made time travel possible. It wasn't. It didn't uh, determine the time. Well, yeah, the the machine that's hooked into it is, I guess, what determines which time you you go back. Well, no, they don't really explain. No kidding. <laughs> they don't explain a lot, but it's it's got to be routed through the the flux capacitor. It's it's yeah, a car maybe. that travels through time. We don't the need point to explain is, things. Something was freaking out. And it kept going to default to 1885. And so when it was struck by the car was struck by lightning, it went to the default 1885. He he didn't choose 1885, although I think he wanted to go back to the 19th century for whatever reason. But yeah, so the point is he has to yeah, talk he talked about, about going back to he that can't era. He talked about H.G. Wells. That's, that's the point. Maybe that's where H.G. Wells got the idea for Lone Pines Mall. Lone Pine Mall, not Lone Pines. Lone Pines, dude. What an idiot I was a second ago, and currently. Hey, um, it's Marvin, your cousin Marvin. Do we have any? Yeah, last week's episode was the one where we referenced Back to the Future. Do we have anything else to talk about uh, as far as Chapter 16 goes? Um, nope. Is there actually awakened metal on Scadrial? I don't know. We awakened have to talk to KRN and ask them. I mean, I have to uh, assume they've gotten some reports to have like put that specific article in the broadsheets. I mean, they do have... Foreign god metals and foreign radios, so... They probably just want any kind of heavily invested metal, and they're, they just happen to be on schedule, so they'll ask about it here. If they went to Nalthus, they'd ask about it there. It's just a sort of general, let's see if anything pops up when we do this ad. I believe it. It hurt. Okay, anything else for chapter this week's? Nope. No, I think I'm good. Okie dokie. Have a wonderful week, everybody. See you next time. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right. Is there any awakened metal on Scadrill that we know of? Not that we know of. Not that I know of. Like, are they... Are they trying to hunt down Nightblood and they think maybe he got, like, reforged into a hammer or something? Like, what? what is going on here? Either, I don't think it's going to be Nightblood. I, I don't think it's that fine Nightblood. No, um, we, we know where Nightblood is, and is, or at least was recently doing. And well, we know, that, uh, we know that Shardblades, when they're alive, can take the form of basically anything up to and including a fork. So maybe they're looking for shard forks. I just think it's a nice little nod toward more Cosmere-centric stuff. And we know about Nightblood. 
I guess I don't know how I don't think you can awaken metal on Skadriel though. Like they don't have the proper ways to use investor to actually awaken something. So I mean, it could they, more it, it could be the that they're looking breast. for someone maybe from someone from Nalthus who knows how to awaken objects and that that's who they're tracking now. If they brought enough breaths with them, I think they could awaken metal. It's just right. it yeah, takes exactly. a lot of breaths. If they could find that, some objects that speak, they can maybe trace that to whoever it is, and therefore they could be looking for someone and just the objects happening. Honestly, the way I took this though was it's it's just another Cosmere nod to make us chuckle, and it doesn't actually mean anything. That's how I took it. But it doesn't have to just be that. It could also mean something. It, that is true. Yes. All right. I need the next book to have a lot of stuff. Like I need this thing to be Stormlight length with the number of things that I need addressed in it. Special guest appearance by Aloysius. All right. What else is what else happened? Uh, I'm curious if Dave is on to something about the set actually being named after Ashweather set. Like I didn't think about that before. Um, my interpretation of the name set just happened to come from uh, playing cards because we have we have suit. And what the heck is the sister's name? What's her I, title? I don't remember what her title is. We'll see it in a week or three. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick. But that that's my whole point. It's I always thought it was like card related. And I never really thought about set just being a corruption of the word, the name set. I mean, considering how middlingly placed uh, Uncle Ladrian is, I I don't think like his family's ancestor is related to this. So Telson's name is Sequence. Edwin is Suit. There's some professor. Professor is known as the Array. Okay, so I guess it's not quite. It wasn't card related, but it's a group of groups. It's it's math related, and I don't think it has anything to do with Ashweather set. So something to think about. Yeah, I don't actually have anything else for this. Most The biggest thing that caught my eye during these chapters was, well, number one, the second half of my favorite scene in the book, where Steris leans out of a speeding away carriage. Page 17, frame for murder. Yeah, I like that. It's so good. And then the uh, the bit in the broadsheet with Chris and Nas. Yeah, this this uh, part ends with a bit of an action scene. Wax frame for murder, as he, as he does. Oh, he starts liking Staris, which is super important. And the kiss happened. And and they kissed. Do you guys think Scadriel has a fax machine? The and fax machines well, are a lot older than people think they are. So yeah, I, yeah. I brought it up during it's, the when we were talking about the the telegraph, but for sound, uh, it's post telegraph, and it like in our world, it's post telegraph, and it's pre telephone. Is how old the fax machine? So if maybe. they don't have it yet, they will soon. And that's how we're going to get the broadsheets out. That's true, yes. Everyone will have their own fax. And I hope it has a funny little name. Just fax Wax simile. All right, good night, everybody. Yeah, I think that's it. And on okay. That. All right, bye. Well, good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.